world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Man, I got a lot bubbling up inside of me this morning. I, gotta, I, I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know if I'm going to get it out. I was up early. I'm not. I don't take that as a complaint. I'm just making a statement. I was waking up early, and uh, sometimes that's when the Lord uh, does His best work with us, isn't it? And you know, I fought sleep for a while. I woke up about I don't know, it was a little, little bit after three, and I fought sleep. And I know when I can't get back to sleep that that the Lord doesn't want me to go back to sleep. So <laughs> I got up and. Uh, Got, got good stuff. Good stuff for you today. Hey, we just look, folks. Uh, the war is beginning to intensify. I just want to give all of you a fair warning out there that uh, you have to count the cost. You have to count the cost. If you want to engage in this war, this this is not for the weak-minded or the weak-hearted. This is not, friends. It isn't. Churches are full of those people who are weak-hearted and weak-minded. We saw that from the churches that closed down and everything went on with that. Uh, this is the t- these are the times that try men's souls. That was from what Common Sense was that written? I think in around the the Declaration time. These are the times to try men's souls. The summer Patriot and yep, not every, not about not everybody's up to this battle. And I want you to know that you should you shouldn't find it uh, strange if some. Your your house starts to shake a little bit. If you know what I'm talking about. If you're if you're in an awakening mode, not woke. What they what the left calls the devil calls woke. See, I'm I'm awakened. I'm not woke. Woke is a is a liberal. Uh, how do I say that mindset? Woke meaning you're accepting all this crazy stuff that's going on. I'm I'm awakened. I'm I'm awakened to the truth. I'm a purveyor of truth. The, the more well, I've got I got some great stuff to share with you today. Really, really do. I I, I want to, if I could, pull up. Uh, uh, I'm, trying, I'm sorry, I'm, up, I'm listening a second. Pull up uh, the very first thing there from Martin. I was with Martin yesterday. He uh, went to a hearing in uh, in Columbus. I went over and had had a cup of coffee with him before we went. And Martin laid Psalm 62 on me. And I wish Joe Silver could hear. I hope he's listening. I noticed uh, earlier as I got in there that that uh, they're connected, they're online here. So I hope Joe, uh, I'm I'm going to read this. I wish it was you reading it, brother, but I know that uh, uh, Jamie, if you got his phone up there, I know Joe can hear this. And Martin, I, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible. I don't know what you guys think. There's a lot of things in the Bible that, man, I didn't. I didn't. That's what was really so fascinating for me about our prayer vigil the other night. Sorry, I'm leaning forward uh, about our prayer vigil the other night. How many different psalms people brought up? How many different things they've read? And man, it's so encouraged my heart. The Bible, the Bible, so deep and so rich and so much. Oh my goodness, my goodness! And uh, I, I just thank God for that. But Martin uh, yesterday put Psalm sixty-two on my soul, and I want to just throw that up there for you this morning. Let you be encouraged by Psalm sixty-two. I got to do this before I get forget. Our annual events coming up on June 9 and 10. We'll have all the information out about that, but mark that down on your calendar. June 9 and 10, all right? We'll have information out about it today. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He is my rock. He only is my rock and my salvation. He only is my defense. It doesn't say only, but I put it in there. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall you be, and as a tottering fence. What a picture that is, right? Huh? Shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall, walls walls giving in. 
They only consult to cast him down from his, they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Selah. Huh? Is this, is this, is this our leaders? Huh? My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He only is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my rock, the glory, the rock of my strength, my refuge. It is in God. It's not man. It's not in political systems. It's not in anything. It's not, it's not in pastors. It's not in church services. It's not, it's not in any of that. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Surely, listen to this. Surely men of low degree are vanity, worthless. Men of high degree, they're a lie. Clay, do you hear that? Men of low degree really aren't much good. Scoundrels. But so are men of high degree. They're a lie. To be laid in the balance, they altogether lighter than vanity. None of them good. Huh? None of those people that we have, we think of in high degree, who think of themselves. Ah, no, 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 no. They're scoundrels. They're all scoundrels. Trust not in oppression. Become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, don't set your heart upon them. God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this. The power belongeth to God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Wow, huh? Wow, 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 wow. I'm taking you someplace today. Jeff, I see you jumped in here. I'm sure you got something pertinent. Come on in real quick. Just real quick. Last night, a text came out. They have denied Pastor Bill's 60-day extension. He's got to be in a hearing this morning at 9 a.m. Yeah. So pray for Pastor Bill. We just did. We just did. We t- talked about that before we went on. Amen. Cool. Amen. Folks, let me ask you something. <clears throat> have you been converted? You, really. You. And how do, how do you or I judge another man's heart? That's that's very, very dangerous business. Are you hearing me? It's really dangerous business. As I shared a couple weeks ago, I think it was, or even if I showed it today, or if I opened up the queue today and gave you guys an opportunity to tell me what a radical, radical change has happened in your life, the stories would go on and on and on and on. I used to be this way. And then this happened to me, and now I'm this way. Over and over and over and over and over. And then I ask ourselves this. We need to all ask ourselves two things. Am I really transformed? Really? Did that old man really, really die? Hmm. That's a battle every day, isn't it? Did that man really die? And number two, if, that I, if I killed that old man, somewhere along the line, I killed that old man, whether it was through a, a decision I made, a stand, whatever, I killed that old man. Hmm. Can that happen to other people? Could Donald Trump really be saved? Could Tucker Carlson really be saved? See, Donald Trump, the only difference between me and Donald Trump is about $2 billion. When it gets right down to it, the only difference between you and Donald Trump is about $2 billion. The difference between you and Donald Trump is he has enough money to get whatever he wants. And if you had the money to get whatever you wanted, you'd be like Donald Trump too. Somebody can say amen. You don't have to. Amen. But sometimes we forget. I'll I'll never forget who it was heard a long time ago. Said, if you think serving the Lord is hard when you're poor, you wait till you're rich. 
Man, oh man, oh man. I really thought that thing through. See, when you're poor, you're dependent on the Lord. When you're rich, you're dependent on you. You're dependent on what you can buy, the influence that you have. Anytime Donald Trump walks into a room, he probably gets his way. Now, anytime Tucker Carlson walks into a room, he probably gets his way. And as I've been trying to tell you over the course of the last few year, weeks, years, really, I don't, I don't know where Tucker Carlson stands. Is he, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Can I tell you the truth? Is Donald Trump a good guy or is he a bad guy? I don't know. I really don't know. I watch their fruit. Can I ask you another question? And am, am I a good guy or a bad guy? Is this an act? Am I a shyster? You don't really know that. Nobody ever really knows another man's heart. You say, well, coach, you sure seem genuine. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am genuine, whether you see it or not. Now, look at looking at me. You see my foils. Can I be honest with you? A lot of people out there right now who are watching this program are looking for things that they can criticize me about. It's kind of the nature of man. Kind of, kind of the nature man. And I want you to, I want to say it over and over and over again. I'm, look, I'm subject to the same temptations as every one of you are. Every one of you. Same temptations. Same, same, same ones, man. We all are, right? And so no matter, I don't care who you are. I don't care. I don't care how saved you are. That carnal nature of who you are. Dude, that's a dude that he, you can try to kill him, but he never dies. Paul said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Oh, wretched man that I am. So the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. And I think uh, we need to trust but verify, which was Ronald Reagan's big line. Uh, but we have to be really, really careful on that. Bible says by the same, it says, a judge. they tell us, judge not lest you be judged. But we're supposed to judge. But it goes on to caution us that you're going to be judged by the same standard you're judging others. When you start judging, you're going to be judged by the same standards as others. You with me? You guys with picking it up out there? And I'm not saying we're not supposed to be fruit inspectors, but nobody knows really what's going on in another man's heart. Nobody does. You don't really know what's going on in my heart. I know what goes. I know what's going on. You don't know if my conversion is real or not. I don't know if Jeff Klein's really saved. I don't know that. I don't know if Betty Perkins is really saved. I don't. I don't know that. Hmm? I don't. I don't know if Angie Ryan's really saved. I, I, I don't know. I judge fruit. I judge fruit. But we have to remember this: that we judge ourselves. Hmm. We judge others by what they do. We judge ourselves by our intentions. And I can't tell you the number of times I'll get an email or phone call or something of somebody being judgmental towards me. And I think, daggone, that wasn't what I meant at all. How did you take it that way? Why did you take it that way, right? But if they're taking it that way, then that means there must be something about me that is reflecting that. Anybody with me? You know what? You know what? See where I am, right? I want to show you some stuff here. I want to, I want to go, first of all, if we can, <clears throat> I want to go to uh, the Apostle Paul before King Agrippa. Pull that up there for me. It's number, number two. <clears throat> I'm, I'm heading somewhere. This is kind of long. It's Acts 26. But I think it's important that, that, I, that I share this with you today, okay? Because hey, I want to give you fair warning. Life's going to get harder. Things are going to get tough. Pressure is going, the more you stand up for the Lord, the pressure is going to get more on you. Okay. I'm trying, to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to encourage you, not discourage you. All right. All right. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, thou art permitted to speak for you. So Paul is in court before King Agrippa. And then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. Man, oh man, oh man. He said, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day. Before thee, touching all the things wherein I'm accused of, of the Jews. Paul says, I get, you get it from the horse's mouth here, buddy. 
especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech ye to hear me patiently, Paul said. Because my manner of life, he's going to give you his testimony. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation, Jerusalem, know all the Jews. He said, everybody knows what I did before I got here, which knew me from the beginning. And if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. He said, you can go ask my friends. I was an a-hole. I was a religious a-hole, Paul says. Okay? And now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, which unto which unto which promise our 12 tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come, which for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. He said, I'm being accused of the Jews basically for living out what I believe. Why would, why should it be thought a thing incredible to you that God should raise the dead? He says to the King, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So I lived my whole life fighting this guy. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints that I shut up in prison. I locked up a lot of guys, he said. And having received authority from the from the government, from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I spoke out against them. Paul says, and I punished them in every synagogue. And I compelled them to blaspheme and be exceedingly mad against me. And I persecuted them even unto strange cities. He is testifying of his salvation, his conversion before the king. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O king, woo, a light from heaven, about the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and then which journeyed with me. And when we were fall, fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking, say, Paul, why do you persecute me? Quit kicking against the pricks. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. Get up on your feet, for I've appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make you a minister. Hey, folks, he's pointing at you. To make you a minister and a witness, both of these things which you have seen and of those things in which I will appear unto you. Delivering thee from the people, from the Gentiles in whom now I send you. He said, I'm pulling you out of that mess and I'm sending you back to that mess. Because you're going to go open their eyes to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Grippa, I was not disobedient unto that heavenly vision, but showed first unto them in Damascus and in Jerusalem, throughout the coast of Judea, and even unto the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. And for this cause, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continued unto this day witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses say should come. That Christ should suffer, that he should be the first, that should rise from the dead, and that he should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're nuts! Jeff, no, you're nuts! But I said, I ain't nuts. Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and of soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, behold, whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in some closet somewhere. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said to Paul, dude, you almost convinced me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all that hear me this day were almost, or were both almost, and altogether such as I am, accept these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up and the governor, Bernice, and they sat with them. When they were gone aside, they talked between themselves, saying, This man doth nothing worthy of death or of bonds. And then said Agrippa to Festus, This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed to Caesar. 
I think some of us don't even really know what it means to be converted. Not really. Not really. We're so critical. We're supposed to examine fruit, but we're so critical of others' conversions. I'm heading somewhere. Stay with me. Pull up number three. Martin Luther. I don't know how many of you guys have ever read this. Martin Luther's speech at the Diet of Worms. I want you to go down to the very last paragraph because it's the one we're most familiar with. You ought to take time to read his speech. Keep going. Put it down, brother. There's his speech, Martin Luther, before the Council of Worms. But I want you to get his last paragraph. This should be our, see, this should be our battle cry. This should be our theme. This should be our anthem. Martin Luther said, since, whoops, since your most serene majesty and your highness require me a simple, clear, and direct direct answer, I'll give you one, and it is this. I cannot submit my faith either to the Pope or to the council because it is clear that they have fallen into error and even into consistency with themselves. If then I am not convinced by proof from Holy Scripture or by cogent reasons, if I'm not satisfied by the very text I have cited, and if my judgment is not in this way brought and subjected to God's word, I neither can now, I can nor will retract anything. I'm not going to take it back. For it cannot be either safe or honest for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand. I can do no otherwise. God help me. Amen. See, there are times going to come when every one of us is going to reach that point, when we're going to have to speak the truth, no matter what we think it's going to cost us. And it may cost you everything. Amen. Friends, they're coming after us. Do you understand that? They're coming after us. Now, I said all that to show you this this morning. Number one, Tucker's, I think Tucker's had a conversion. I think Tucker Carlson. Remember, I've been telling you, I don't know where this guy stands. And everybody say, oh, you're all part of the club. Once you're part of the club, blah, blah, blah. I watched this guy. I watched the Holy Spirit in him. By the way, this was before, this was before he got fired. But I want you to listen to the truth that comes out of this guy's mouth. It's six minutes, but it's worth it. Go ahead and play it. Ask yourself this. Has this guy had a secret conversion? Go ahead. It might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. Right? So, like, we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever, and so we're going to argue about tax rates, and I think higher tax gets, gets us there. I'm a Keynesian, and you disagree, you're an Austrian, or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers, and they write their papers, and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me, because I don't have any. I grew up in the foul, shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. Freeze that. Do you understand what he just admitted? He grew up with a form of godliness. So it's not even a religion. Episcopalianism isn't even a religion anymore. Huh? Go ahead. I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? What does that have to do with politics? What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? Are we arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice. 
obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that and victims of rape. I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So like, that's what that is. Well, what's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake, hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this, I'll put it in non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What do these two conditions produce? Well, I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's true. It is. And evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for religious war, far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not what, and I'm not, certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid-50s are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea and we've got this idea and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that. doesn't work. And two, Maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious. Like, why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist. I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Now, if that had come out of the mouth of Jim Jordan, everybody be applauding. Everybody, you guys, hey, you can say what you want. That's not, do you know what it's like to have a spiritual awakening at all? Do you, do you have any idea what it's like when you're first translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son? 
Anybody know what that's like? He admitted to you, all of us, that he was raised Episcopalian, which means basically he was raised non-religious. And do we think, I see people keep commenting, you know, say, I oh, still got that red band on. Yeah, hell, he may not really be awake yet. He may not really be awake yet. Do you have any idea how much stupid stuff I did early in my conversion, not understanding? Anybody have any idea? Were, were you guys all of a sudden converted and had all your theology right? Did that happen to you? Didn't happen to me. We can say what we want to. I mean, I, uh, I, I, the devil can't cast out the devil. And he said things that I wish I had said. Hmm. Do I trust him? I've been telling you for how long. I don't know if I trust him. But I know what he just did. He just drew a clear line between good and evil. Now, maybe he didn't say which side he was on, but he sure drew a line for us, didn't he? Does does the devil do that? Doesn't the devil bring murkiness and confusion and huh? Doesn't he? Hmm. Is he on a journey? Is Tucker on a journey? Or are we to believe that this is just a, another setup? We're being set up again. Well, I want you to know this. Tucker Carlson ain't evangelizing me. I want to evangelize him. Amen. And when I left, when I left Catholicism, I looked back and thought, you know what? I went to church my whole life and didn't know a freaking thing about Christ. Amen. And I think he just admitted that, didn't he? Or did I miss something? He said they don't even shouldn't even call it a religion. He said shouldn't even call it a religion. But he said I'm looking around. And he said, I remember when it used to be about things to help people. He said, it isn't even about helping people anymore. It's about destruction. It's about cutting off a kid's penis. It's about all this destruction. It's about tearing America down. He said, it didn't used to be like that. He said, something's going on. And the only conclusion I have, he said, is good and evil. It's, it's good and evil. Does he understand it? Somebody, Mike just said he gave up $20 million a year. Tucker, look, I ain't worried about Tucker. In fact, his contract is for three more years, and he's guaranteed $60 million, $60 million. So he could go off to high end of sport or wherever he wants to go and just go live his life. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something. I still don't know where Tucker is. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if a guy who serves the devil could have given that talk. Amen. I, I just don't know. The depth of his wisdom on that subject was more, are you hearing me? His depth of wisdom on that subject was greater than most pastors. Amen, coach. I don't care if I echo. Amen, Sherry. Thanks for that. that. I'm not doing it for pats on the back. I'm telling you that those of us, we better be careful. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And I don't know, just to, would Sean Hannity give that talk? Would Rush Limbaugh give that talk? Hmm? Would Bill O'Reilly have given that talk? Megan Kelly, would she have given that talk? They all could have. They all could have. Will your pastor give that talk? I'm just asking the question. I don't have the answer. Come on in, Roger. Oh, about six months ago. Murdoch dumped his wife. He's 92 years old, hooked up with another woman, and within weeks announced their engagement. Well, evidently, during the course of their engagement, rather quickly, she got a little bit too much Jesus for him. Hmm. She started talking about good versus evil, uh, talked about the Bible. He just couldn't take it. So he dumped her and called <laughs> off the engagement. And so now we have a man that is 
under him, you know, he's the boss, who is starting to come off the uh, Antichrist role and moving maybe towards a Christ role, and he dumps him. You see the evilness, it's all around us what is going on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. This is more than just political, as he said, Carlson said. This is spiritual, as he says it. And that's this is about religion and faith and Christ and all of that. That's what's going on. Amen. Roger, he told us that he had no religion. Do you guys hear him say that? That he had the most shallow of all Christianity. He admitted that to us. And yet we think that he's supposed to be top shelf, know everything Jesus. He don't even know Jesus, maybe. We think he should be Franklin Graham or Billy Graham or whomever. Yeah. yeah. He, he is transitioning. I don't know if that's the biblical term, but he's moving. The Lord is moving him in a direction towards him. Amen. And we want to pray him there and keep that's you know, right. Pray as, him as you there. said. Ray, what did Reagan said? You said uh, verify or, or trust, trust, but verify, trust, but verify. But my yeah. goodness. And the sad thing is we see people like this, Dave, throughout the day in our own life. And we need to be willing to nudge them and help them along with our eyes open. So we're not fooled, but to help them get closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen, Roger. See, this guy, here's what I think. He, as best as he could, he gave us a testimony. He said, I come out of a thing that's not even a religion. I, I come out of a thing that's not. Do you understand that all around him, he sees the liars? He sees his bosses telling him, you can't say this. You can't. He saw what went on with the pandemic. He saw all of that stuff. He saw it all. And he said, yeah. Uh, You know, I used to be, in fact, if you go back and watch the whole speech, he says, I used to be one of those guys. I was climbing the ladder. I used to be one of those guys. Look the other way. Take the company line. I used to be one of those guys. Can't do that anymore. said, I can't do that anymore. I just see pure evil. Now, maybe he's a pawn. He's worth $230 million. I just saw that. He could go quietly into this, that good night, and we would never hear from him again. He did not have to say what he said. By the way, the exact same thing that Robert F. Kennedy is saying. The exact same thing. That our leadership is evil. That was the point he was making. Our leadership's evil. They want to kill babies. They want to start wars. They want to destroy your history. They want to miseducate your kids. He said over and over and over and over and over. He said there's good and there's evil. Do I trust him? I don't know. Must be a really good actor. I'll tell you that. Joe Allen, come on in. So Tucker's going through a conversion. Maybe. I don't I, know. I, I, I grant you. His I eyes are open. Right. I grant you this. This won't be the last time we heard of from. No. No, no. He'll land on his feet. It's not, it's not about him. See, I, right. here's, what I'm, here's what I'm saying. Do you understand how lost I was? Do you have any idea how lost I was? If you went to one of one of the guys that I went to college with and you told them that that uh, I was a Christian, they would have to go get those those shock things that shock your heart. They'd have to go get them. So there's no way he is. No way. Happened to me. Happened to Paul. Myra. In regard to Carl Tucker uh, and what um, Attorney uh, Weber and the crew are saying, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. We don't know. We know them by the fruit. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you. And heart of fresh, hallelujah. He did it for me. He did it. He did that. That's my testimony. He did that for me, Julie. You know, because in my the, the first will be last, and the last will be first. Meaning what, Julie? 
Well, the way I take it is like the peop- God's going to use people that are not going to be the ones in the church or whatever. It's going to be the least ones that people expect. Hey, fo- folks, listen to me. There's- the Holy Spirit of God is moving in ways that we could never in our eyes ever, ever imagine could happen. Could, could. Here's the good thing. If Tucker Carlson is on the devil's team, boy, he just gave a traitorous speech, I think. He just exposed all the works of darkness on his own team, if he's still on that team. Jack. Yeah, I, I'm certainly not going to judge Tucker. That that speech he gave was pretty um, pretty interesting. But what's going through his head, um, where he was, if you know, you know, he was at the Heritage Foundation. The Heritage Foundation gave us NAFTA and GATT. And the Heritage Foundation is full of some very, very nefarious people. So. He's in there doing the right thing. And wow, some of the stuff that he said was was kind of earth shattering. But what was really going through his head is what I'd like to know. And if he's really going to take that stand, a, a good percentage of the people in that room will cut his throat and anything else that shows. So then why would he do it, Jack, if it's not real? I know. That's that's what I was thinking the whole time. That's That's where I was going. I listened very intently trying to figure out if, if this is all a game or if he's taking the real stand. Wow. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. George. He spoke from his heart. Let God work. I was nefarious. I'm telling you, I see truth. I saw, I heard him. You can't sit here and say, maybe if he goes to a couple more Sunday schools a week, then he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, no, he goes, let God maybe work. he goes sits under TD Jakes. Maybe he'll exactly. get it. Right. Right? Yes. Right? He admitted to us he had no spiritual background. That's what he admitted to us. James Pollock. Come on, James. Beth, come on in while we wait on James. Beth. Good morning, everyone. I Just in case I get choppy, I'm driving. Right. Um, I just wanted to say, as far as his speech goes, What I see is the veil being lifted. Praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus, for lifting the veil. And through his speech, let's just pray that the people that listen to the speech, I mean, really listen to what he's saying. He doesn't know. Do I believe he thinks that it's really a spiritual battle? He may not understand that. I didn't understand that. That's right. but the veils being lifted and let's just pray that that speech will reach many, many, many other people and their veils can be lifted too. So okay. yes, I, we need to pray for him. Pray him in. Beth, let's listen to this friends. Uh, again, I talked about this the other day. I didn't get a chance to do it. Robert F. Kennedy's speech when he ran, when he announced he's running for president, you need to watch, listen to that. It's about an hour. It's long. It's long. Right. But I'm telling you this, Do you know that no other media has covered Robert F. Kennedy's speech? No other media has even covered it. Except who? Tucker. Tucker. Now, hang on. You know, Tucker covered the J6 event. Didn't he? And then what all of a sudden did they do? All of a sudden, Tucker wasn't covering the J6 event. It could have been at some point he said, screw it. Screw these guys. As his eyes are getting open. I don't know. James, can you get in here yet? Yeah. Um, two things. He said he was the simplest of men. And he wasn't religious. Um, Jesus said he will use the simple to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. Um, true religion uh, has nothing to do with religion as we know it. So I'm encouraged. I am too. I don't think he's ready to lead a Bible study. He probably needs to be in one. Yes. But I, but I think I think he says, dude, something, something ain't right here. Hey, do you have right to be here. saved? Do you have to be saved to do the right thing? 
Yeah, do you have to be saved to recognize right and wrong? That's a great question. Come on, man. Come on. Huh? Amen. Amen. Clay. And Tim. Now, there's no doubt we need to use discernment every time that we encounter some somebody like this. But for people that are being ignorant and acting like you, you have to be poor in order to be saved, then you don't know the, the power of God and how he uses people. And uh, if you're living in a house and you got one or two cars and you're able to pay your bills every day, then there's somebody that has a lot less than you do that are looking at you like you're rich. And they're saying that there ain't no way you're ever going to know Jesus because of all the money and, and uh, stuff that you got. So uh, for you to be middle-class and then say that Tucker can't be used by God and saved because he's uh, got a lot of money, then you're just being ignorant. Amen. 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 I'm going to say the same thing. Tucker was speaking what I believed. Tim. You know, Coach, I was raised Catholic, and then I got saved, became a Pentecostal, (laughs) Foursquare, right? Yeah. 28 years, and I realized something that even the Pentecostal have the Holy Spirit, all that kind of fun stuff, that uh, just because we have what we call the Holy Spirit, that I found out even in the Pentecostal church, they're not saved. A whole bunch of people. <laughs> Amen. They, they have a form of godliness, yes. but denying the power. Amen. And Amen. one of my professors told me, he said, Tim, if you keep on preaching Romans and you camp out in chapter 6, you're going to be persecuted by the church. And, man, those are my moccasins. <laughs> Amen. He's walking in your shoes, isn't he, brother? Huh? Amen. Amen. Judah. Coach, good stuff. Uh, you know, Saul obviously became Paul. And what was it that converted him? It was, a, it was an act that he literally... Scared the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. And Tucker, you know, over those last, uh, gosh, six months of last year, he has been the only one who's actually voiced these things. And, and maybe they've been enough to wake him up. But I agree. You know, if anyone knows the Heritage Foundation, I sent that thing to you yesterday. This group, they use inversion. The Heritage Foundation has nothing to do with heritage of godly principles or America at all is a globalist deep state organization. Amen. When Tucker Amen. started going, when Tucker started going, literally the crowd went silent. It was like screeching nails on a chalkboard and people were like, is he really going there? There was a couple, couple claps in the background, but the majority of that whole crowd was completely silent. Like this guy just shattered the room. What are we going to do? <laughs> uh-huh. Amen. 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 Look, here, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth again. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I heard what he said. <laughs> I heard what he said. And if you think that what he said was good for the dark side, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. How many people who are Tucker fans heard the idea of good and evil, dark and light, articulated like that ever before. I, I don't know. Randall. Uh, yeah, I just uh, like to remind everybody, it doesn't really matter at what point in your life you're saved. Uh, you know, because if, if I think of the parable Jesus told about the man that went down to the Home Depot to get the day laborers and the people that he hired at 8 o'clock in the evening got the same pay as the people that got hired at six in the morning mm-hmm. so uh so i uh someone's passed maybe tucker's maybe tucker's had this new world order t- pass but that that doesn't mean he can't be saved doesn't mean it is he saved i don't know he never he didn't say that he didn't say that he didn't say that craig well, coach sometimes we we start down the path of our perception is our reality until the reality of God changes our perception. Mm. And 
We are down to musical chairs. We played that in, as kids. There's two chairs, Coach. There's there's the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's the there's the coming of saint. This is this is the time. We don't have any more chairs, and the Holy Spirit is pressing down, just like it talks about pressing those olive olive oil. How you press it down, and it's either you know Mount Ebal or the Mount Gerizim, as when when Moses you know when they came into the to the land. So you get on this one, you get on this. One. This this is where we're at, mm-hmm. and we need to we need to understand the times that we're at. But look at the great things that are going to happen. But I think mm-hmm. I think the Holy Spirit is pushing down on a lot of people, and I think you're going to see where they fall. I think so too. I think it's going to be evident. Would we be having this discussion if Sean Hannity had said that? Would we would we be having this discussion if pick your favorite guy had said it? No, no, something going on. Brett. Yeah, good morning. Um yeah, I don't know if you're aware a friend of Tucker who has a podcast interviewed Tucker. Okay, not not Tucker doing an interview, he interviewed Tucker. And in that interview was done, I'm going to say about six weeks ago. I'm going to say that played, it went viral. I'm going to say that played a big part on Tucker's getting fired because he came out on that podcast, on that interview, totally against all national news. He came out against Pfizer. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I he, he, spilled, he spilled the beans, man. He spilled yep. the beans. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, you know what I want? Look, I may lose all of you. I may lose all of you. I don't think some of you know what it means to really be saved. To have really been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. The radical transformation that can take place in the heart of a man. And I think we, I think we are in, I think we're in dangerous territory. Lorraine. How I'd like to pray, and if we could come together and let's pray for Tucker. Let's do it. Go ahead, Lauren. We can talk about all we want. We might. So, Father, you love, you love your kids, Abba. And Tucker's, you love Tucker. If he doesn't know you, and his religion has been the mainstream media, or his, or his bank account, or he's been he's been deceived by the spirit of religion and whatever that religion is. And all of us have been deceived. We've sat underneath false doctrine. It doesn't matter whether it's in a church or in a studio or, or at a, at a ball game. I'm asking you, Lord God, to introduce Tucker to Jesus Christ in a way that it transforms his life. And he never can be, and, and you fill him with the power of the Holy spirit that he's reborn and that you give him new life and you open up his voice for those who have been appointed to die to the poor and the needy. And that could be, I don't know to who, but I'm asking you that you introduce him to someone like coach who's willing to disciple him, not for their glory, but for yours on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you that we will stand here on this side of heaven on earth And as it is in heaven, his name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and we will all be able to see his new life in you, Jesus Christ. Thank you that by by your stripes, Jesus, Tucker will be saved. And Lord God, that when he repents, only you, Jesus, can meet him there with the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you fill him with the power of the Holy Spirit, and you baptize him in that, that new life, there's going to be so many other people saved because you saved him. So thank you for bringing him a coach like coach. Amen. 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 Good. Amen. 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 Shame on yep. Boy, you just changed the whole perspective there for us, Lauren, right? We ought to be praying that he's saved. 
not criticizing that he's not saved enough. Amen. Mary Jane, or Jeff, I'm sorry. Jeff and Mary Beth. Coach, as we're talking about this, this come to my mind. About 40 years ago, I sit in a courthouse in Knox County under Judge Eister. Judge Eister said, Mr. Klein, you are a menace to this society. Hmm. If I see you in my courtroom one more time, I am sending you up the river bare minimum one year. So here we are years later. Mary, I meet Mary Jane. Her whole family knows I was a big drunk. They're just the biggest loser in the county. So we hook up. A few years later, we go into a Nazarene church that her dad helped build. Her mom took the kids four times a week. We walk in there, and one of the guys, business owners in front of the church, is whispering when I walked in. Mm. His wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, slamming me. And even just a few years ago, I had somebody, and I've been 20, 30 years, 28, 30 years without a drink, without any dope. And there's somebody here just a couple years ago So oh, I just think Jeff Klein's still drinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like... Why do we attack and not come alongside? So if Tucker says, hey, I'm kind of getting it, I'd like to join you guys' little group. And then we just attack him. It's like, my goodness. And then people wonder over the years, things that are still said about me, why I say the things I do and do the things I do, because some of you people are just plumb dumb. So just move on and pray that he gets really born again. Amen. Pray that the Lord use him. Pray the Lord use the donkey. Uh, Rich Wallace, come on in, Rich. I'm sorry, Mary Beth, then Rich. Mary Beth, come on in. That's okay. I was just, I'm tying together. I'm amazed at how God ties together this fabric because yesterday I was talking, Coach, about the very thing you talked about. After you got saved, you did a lot of things that <clears throat> you may regret. And I, I just, I'm amazed because we were just talking about it yesterday. And then Tim brings up Romans 6, which was also part of our conversation yesterday. So I'm just amazed at how God, you know, he, he, he keeps enforcing us with friends and fellow brothers and sisters. And I'm just amazed. I praise the Lord for that. Amen. Hey, by the way, thank you, Mary. I'm just curious. Has anybody ever come out of the Illuminati? Has anybody ever come out of that? Yes. They have? So, But Tucker couldn't? Tucker couldn't come out of that? Amen. Huh. That's kind of confusing. Yeah? Hmm. Rich Wallace. Come on, Rich. Yeah, Dave. Uh, you know, the scriptures really warn us about being, they use the words haughty and high-minded and humbleness. And, you know, th- there's 124 of us in the queue right now, and however many is going to watch this show after it airs, and they will lay their money and their life down for a pastor, according to the Pew Institute, that probably watches porn when nobody's looking. Mm. And yet we will want to persecute somebody that is out there trying to say the right things. And and if and if and if Jesus was alive today, we'd probably be throwing stones at him and telling him put him on the cross. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, you know, and yeah. we just if we're fruit inspectors, we're not the chief fruit inspector. We're just fruit inspectors, and we leave it up to the Lord to decide if he's a good fruit or not. You know, we, you know, like Laura said, you know, and I mentioned in the chat, we just need to pray for his soul, and right. and let the let the Lord handle the heavy stuff. You know, Amen. 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 Hey, look, I'm not ready for him to be my pastor. Come on here. Come on. He. He exposed the dark side. He's exposing the dark side. Oh my God. I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Where am I here? Where? Okay. Everybody's been. Joe Allen hadn't been in. Folks, you know that. I tried to get non new ones in. Go, Joe. Well, could it be like in Genesis? You're going to choose the dark or the light. We got four major battle fleets. In the older by China now, we got American men and women by Russia. It's time to choose either the light or the dark. That's coming, Joe. I believe that's coming for all of us, man. I do, I do, I do. Man, oh man. Okay, so hey, we got to run. Going to run here. We have to be fruit inspectors. 
I'm not here to tell you that Tucker Carlson's born again on fire spirit. I ain't saying that. I'm going to tell you this. He just threw a stink bomb in the devil's camp. See you tomorrow.